Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Here tonight, I want to talk about the King's Perspective. Uh, There's just something that God's been uh, speaking to me uh, about largely this year and and even in the past in the past that if we would see right we would walk right if we'll see right we'll walk right we we spend so much time uh, in our day-to-day life trying to walk right but if we would actually take time to begin to see right take the time to invest to see things right then Walking right becomes easy. It becomes normal. It becomes what we do because we see things as they are. Amen. And God wants us to see things as he sees them. He doesn't want us to be clouded, uh, our vision clouded with the things of this world. He doesn't want our vision to be clouded with the way we've always seen things or the way granny has always uh, seen things. Hug my neck, you know, uh, uh, or, or whatever. Those things, God is, is trying to renew, help us to, to, to inspire us to renew our mind because we are in a season of restoration. I said, we are in a season of restoration. And the, and the word says over there in Acts chapter three and verse 19 through 21, we've been on these verses as a church uh, for quite a while, but God, uh, God in verse 21 says it's until the restoration of all things, all things. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I haven't taken part of restoration of all things yet. God's been restoring some things and I'm excited about what's been going on around here, uh, the last year and a half or so, but there's still some areas that I need some restoration. Glory to God. Not because God hasn't already put it on the inside, but because he wants that which is on the inside to come out. We used to sing a song around here that says something on the in, something working on the inside, starting to work on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Well, that's what God is looking to do in this, in this, in this season of restoration. He wants to restore some perspective to the body of Christ so that we then begin to walk as we ought to walk. Amen. That we begin to be imitators of God as dear children. Uh, that we begin to look and represent the face of our Lord Jesus Christ well in this earth because he is the head, but we are the body and he's there. Glory to God seated in heavenly places. And we're seated together with him. Oh, thank God. But we're the ones that are here on the earth to be his body. See, Jesus is, is there and he cannot do anything apart from his body. Just in the same way that if I took your head, glory to God, as polished and beautiful it is as it is, Brother Steve, if I set it over here on the chair, that it could do nothing of itself. It has to be attached to that body in order to be effective. And Jesus has permanently connected himself to us so that he could be effective. Do you think Jesus connected himself to you because he thought you would be ineffective? Come on, Jesus doesn't think that way. He doesn't look that way. He he doesn't see things that way. He sees, he sees you as effective. And if he sees you that way, it's my, it's, it's time, it's high time that we begin to see ourselves that way. Glory to God to see ourselves as the effective answer for this world and for this age. Man, we are in this world, but we're not of this world, but we're in the world so that we can bring what we are of into this world. We're of another, another nation. We're a peculiar people. Some of us more peculiar than others. 
set apart. Why? For the master's use. To be vessels of gold and silver, hallelujah, of honor, glory to God, that, that bring, to, uh, bring to pass a work that is a lasting work that doesn't fade away, glory to God, that doesn't, that doesn't get affected by rust and moth and, and all the things that this world uh, tries to, to tear down. We are in this world, but we're not of it. We are of the king. Amen. Say, I'm of the king. So I'm a little stirred up about this. Turn over with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 5. I said, we are in a day of restoration. We are in the day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day. Hallelujah. I'm just so thankful because, because even, even if God weren't moving in a special way, though he is, we could still, you could still, as a believer, dig your feet in. And say, this is the day of salvation. You're not waiting on the Father to do anything. Though, as more and more of us begin to dig our feet in, glory to God, and recognize what God wants to do in this day, and dig our feet in and say, this is the day of salvation, not only in the general sense, but for me, this is my day of salvation, this is my day of restoration, then God is able to begin to move in a greater measure, in a greater way, because he's got more people on board with what he's wanting to do. He's got more people thinking outside of themselves and looking to be Jesus to somebody else. And when he's got more people with that mindset, said in that heart and that perspective come on say perspective got that perspective then he's able to gently nudge us and guide us into the direction that he has for us as a body and as a church and as individuals and then all of a sudden we look three and four years down the road and we look back and we say I don't even recognize the church that we used to be because we're so filled with the power and the life of God we're so filled with the love of God we're so saturated with passion for him and for one another that we don't even recognize where we were four or five years ago we don't even recognize where we were a month ago Come on, let's expand our vision tonight. We don't have to wait for a year down the road to be more passionate and and filled with fire of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. We could just put lock our hands together tonight and agree with one another that this time next month we're going to be such a different church. Glory to God. And if we actually believed what we prayed, woo, it would be done unto us. Come on, there's no limits tonight. That whatever's been telling you uh, to try to keep you limited, recognize that as the voice of the enemy. Whatever's been telling you that you don't fit in in this thing, that's the voice of the enemy. Come on, we have to change our perspective if we're going to be effective. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme, but it does. So it must be from the Holy Ghost. If we're going to be effective, we have to change our perspective. So where did I tell you to turn? Romans chapter 5. Okay, try to settle down here to read some scripture. It says, uh, let's start in verse 12 and we'll read a couple of verses. And just let's look at these like you've never even read them before. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and thus sin spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but in sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. Say death reigned. 
because that's going to be important. It says, from Adam to Moses, and even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more, say much more, the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Amen. I'm one of the many. And it says, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. And then we hit, hit it right here in verse 17. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. See, we're, we, are, we have been um, set in a place of reigning in this life. And I want to hit this from a little bit different angle than where we've, where kind of where, where we've come from before, uh, uh, because we, we're here to reign in life, but, but we're not here to reign in life just for our own benefit. Amen. When you're reigning glory to God, there's benefit that, that comes to you. Amen. You're, you've been, you've been connected to the King. Amen. And he is the King of Kings. Glory to God. Who are those Kings that he's King over? That's you and me. Amen. That's queens, you know, kings, queens, princesses and princes. We're, we're all here to reign in, in life as kings. And, and, and the thing that, that Jesus, I believe, is wanting to restore back to his body is an understanding of what it looks like to reign as him. Do we, can we all recognize that, that when he walked on this earth, he walked as the king? He showed the, the way it looks to look, look like a king. And, 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 and we, could, we could almost, if we're not careful, if we're not looking at things through the right lens, we can look at Jesus and realize, you know, he walked on this earth, but, but he wasn't, he wasn't the, the top dog on earth. But here's the thing. We live in an upside-down kingdom. That's a little phrase that, 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 that helps me to, to remember what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. The things that the world values, the kingdom of God values it the opposite way. Jesus, you know, the disciples got together and, and, and James and John were like, you know, we want to, we, let's ask Jesus something. And, and they go to him and they say, hey, we want, we want you to say yes to whatever, whatever we ask. How do you know, parents, if, if, if the kids come to you and say, we want you to say yes to whatever we ask, you know that's probably not going to be a great, great deal happening there. And so they were like, we want each one, we want James and John, they're like, we want to sit one on your right and one on your left in the, in the kingdom. We want, we want to be your right-hand man and your left-hand man. And, 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 you know, I believe they had, had good hearts. I mean, who wouldn't want to be Jesus' right-hand man? It's interesting to me that the father knew what was coming, and he was going to make us all his right-hand man. Come on, isn't that good? Woo! The father who knew what was coming, his plan all along was to make us his right-hand man. Man, that's good. I just, I just, that just excited me, so I figured I'd share it. But, um, but they come to him, and, and they say, you know, we, we, we want to be your right-hand right and your left-hand man. And Jesus said, it's not for me to give that to you. But he said, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you have to be servant of all. 
See, we, it, it, the, things, the things of the kingdom work opposite of what we would think they would work. You want to be great? Then, then become humble and serve everybody. You want to have great effectiveness? You want to have a great impact ev- everywhere you go? You want to become somebody who people look to, 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 to draw from and to, be, to, to bring light? Amen. Become the servant of all. A servant's heart. Jesus was a, was a servant king. He said the son of man didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. Amen. You know, and, and like I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, when, when the disciples uh, uh, were gathered and, and Jesus began to, to wash the feet of the disciples, and, and, and Peter said, no, 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 don't, not, I'm not worthy that you would wash my feet. Man, can you imagine that? Jesus, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, man, they saw him on a day-to-day basis. They saw the miracles. They saw the things that he would do. They saw the way that he brought hope and brought restoration. They saw the way that he would turn situations around right there in front of everybody. And yet that king, that awesome, that awesome savior, that Messiah was bending down to wash the feet of, uh, of his disciples. And Peter said, no, I'm not worthy of that. But Jesus said, I've got to do this. This is, this is the plan of God. And, and, and then Peter said, you know, Pete, good old Peter, he says, okay, then wash me from head to toe. But that's a picture of our Lord Jesus. That's the king that we serve. That is the king of us kings. He came not to be served, not to have his agenda uh, 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 brought to pass, but to lay his life down to bring many into the kingdom, to bring many into this reign of life, to bring many into the plan of God, to bring many, rescue many back into the family. So I just have an understanding that if we're going to begin to reign and see things as the kings that we are, we're going to have to have that same perspective when we're looking at what God's got for us to do. Say, it's not about you. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's not about you. That's an encouraging word, isn't it? Man, Jesus didn't live one day on this earth for himself. Not one moment did he live for himself. His life was laid down. His life was, was uh, uh, sent and he picked up, uh, he said that I pick up my life and I lay it down. He, his life was laid down. When he got to the cross and, and he was there at the, at, the, at the Garden of Gethsemane, he was, he was praying and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But he had made a practice of laying his life down every single day. So when it came time to lay his life down for the ultimate thing, he, he, was, he was already in that vein. He was already moving in that direction. And I'm telling you, we have got to begin to look at things, not for our own benefit, not for what fits us best, not for what, what makes us comfortable, man, come on. How many got uncomfortable at the, at the fellowship last week? Nobody. Some, some did. They were testifying to pastor about it. And and there's something special about laying yourself down to reach somebody else. If you've never done it, I, I, I dare you to begin to ask God for opportunities. And I can guarantee you they probably won't be convenient times. They may not be the best, the best, uh, uh, fit the best in your schedule. 
But we have got to get over ourselves in this day and begin to look at things from a spiritual mindset and from a kingdom mindset and from a from a king, from the king of kings perspective and let that perspective become our our perspective so that when we see people we don't see we don't see aggravation we don't see uh, situations that 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 can inconvenience us but we see we see an opportunity to be like Jesus to somebody that we're in front of and I'm telling you this is our king's perspective this is the mission that he came and fulfilled and this is the anointing the bible says that the anointing uh, was upon him to what to set the captives free to open blind eyes to to tur- to turn them from darkness to light that's what our our church vision is is to is to cause people to be turned from darkness to light well turning people from darkness to light sometimes isn't going to be convenient Come on, I said sometimes it's not going to com- be convenient. Sometimes you might have to stay up late and reach somebody. Some You might have to stop at the grocery store or what you're doing and, and, and make time for somebody else. You may have to make room in your schedule for somebody else. But listen, we are here for a mission. We're not here just on vacation. Glory to God. The Bible says as good soldiers endure the work. Come on, good soldiers aren't over on the battlefield relaxing and having refreshments and trying to build up their kingdom they're trying they're not buying real estate and 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 building their stuff and i'm not talking naturally but you understand the analogy i'm making they're not there to build up their own kingdom they're there on a mission from the homeland we're here on a mission so i just want to as i'm starting here uh encourage encourage us from the perspective of what, what the way our king sees things. I mean, if you live, if you live your life for yourself, it is a, it is an unsatisfying life. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, but I've been in seasons in life where I'm just consumed with my own thoughts and my own, my own things and my own plans and my own directions. And, and it, it seems like the more time you put into yourself, the less satisfied you are. We're not created for that. That's not what you've been, see, you've been recreated in the image of the Father. Man, look at the the way the Father does things. He bankrupt heaven in order to get you when you weren't worth a thing. Come on, I said he bankrupt heaven to get you. The Bible says when we were yet sinners, when we were yet aliens, he went ahead and bankrupt heaven in order to get you. What part of your life are you bankrupting in order to get somebody else? What part of your life are you bankrupting in order to get somebody else, to rescue somebody else? Come on, we've been made in the image, recreated, refathered from above. We don't even see things that way. That's why whenever you begin to try to live for yourself and go after your own plans and your own purposes, it's so dissatisfying. Because it's not what you were created for. It's not what you were made for. That's why whenever you go ahead and, cut and, and get, take some time away and spend some time praying for somebody else, as hard as it is on this, on this mind and this flesh, when you get up from that place, there's something satisfied right on the inside that nothing else can satisfy. Because you're created You're created to be a rescuer for somebody else. You've been called to reign in this life. And I believe one of the biggest areas that we can begin to reign in a greater measure is reigning over this mind and this flesh. Come on, think about how pervasive death was when it came in. Think about how all the areas that death death touched. 
Man, it began to change the way men even thought, the way men even did, uh, uh, approached God. It changed, it changed the way the ground was made up. It, it, it changed uh, how, how the ground produced. It changed the, even how long men lived. It, it, it touched everything, right? When death came in, it rained. It reigned as supreme over, over all of creation. But Jesus, Jesus, when he took that, come on, it says, for if by one man's offense death reigned, through the one much more. Much more. I believe there's much more reigning that we've not recognized. There's much more reigning that the, that the Lord is trying to awaken us to. That, that we've not recognized before. And, 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 and I'm, just, I'm just trying to stir you up to, to begin to open up your heart to see things in a way that maybe we've not seen them before. Or maybe you have. And maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to, trying to uh, uh, take the stoker and poke the fires of a place you walked in in days gone by. But he's trying to stir those things up again. Amen. We need, we need some, some of our folk who, who, who helped start this church and, and, and helped support our pastors back in the early days who were stirred up about about reaching out to others and going after people and, 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 and inviting people and loving people. We need some of the older folks to show us how it's done. Glory to God. To begin to let the fires of, of those coals begin to be stirred again. Glory to God. So that so that some of us younger folk that haven't been there before can begin to see what it looks like for a group of people to have their hearts and their lives sold out to God and their and their lives laid down for others. Come on. And then and then you older folk need us young folk. Glory to God. I'm calling myself young folk. Yeah, you heard, you heard that. You heard that, right? What it looks like to be wild for Jesus. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to be working with one another. Man, man, being the, 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 the younger and the older coming together, glory to God. Have you ever noticed that, that in this world there is such a divide between the younger and the older generations? Do you think that's by any mistake that the enemy has come in to try to bring a divide between the older people think the younger people have no idea what they're doing. The younger people think the older people all stuffy and, and have, no, have no insight. And, and it was only 20 or 30 years ago that they were in the same shoes. And, 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 and you know, people don't change that much. But there's a divisive plan of the enemy to try to, to try to get in between the younger generation and the older generation and separate them and have them have a perspective that's not a kingdom perspective. Come on, the kingdom doesn't see people as young and old and, 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 and black and white and, and rich and poor and all these other classifications. They see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, glory to God, that are bound together. Amen. So it doesn't matter if you fit my age group or my economic group or my, or my race group or any other kind of group glory to God if you are a part of the body of Christ glory to God you have been made part of me and I am part of you and so loving you glory to God is just like loving myself amen doesn't the word say that they will know us glory to God by our love for one another Notice it doesn't say by our miracles. Notice it doesn't say by the wild signs and wonders. It says the world will know who we are. We will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. Man, think about the wild passion that the Lord Jesus has for each one of us. 
Think about the wild passion that the Lord Jesus, man, it says that, that scarcely does someone even die for, 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 for somebody who's a good man. But the Lord Jesus loved us so much that even when we were just broke down, had nothing to offer and would never offer him anything, man, he was passionate about us. His passion for us. It hasn't changed. The Bible says he is a consuming fire. It says that he is jealous for us. Man, he's jealous for our time. He's jealous for our lives. He's jealous for our hearts. He's jealous for our our bodies. He's jealous for our families. He's jealous for us. Man, the God of ages, the Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords is jealous for you tonight. He's jealous for us. He's looking for somebody who would have the boldness to step outside of living for themselves. Step outside of living for what the world says we're supposed to live for. And step outside of what the the current of this world is showing, what, what is valuable. And begin to see things as the king of kings sees things. And let that affect our hearts. Glory to God. So that it begins to change what's on the inside. So that then it begins to change what comes out of us. I'm telling you, God is crazy about you. You know, he's pursuing you. The days that you, that you walk on this earth and, 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 don't, and don't necessarily pay him any mind or just go through the busyness of the day. Man, God's right there pursuing you that day. He's pursuing you. He loves you. He's passionate about you. He hasn't changed because your fire has has died down. His fire hasn't died down. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His fire for you still burns as bright as when at whatever day you can look back and say, man, I was passionate about God in that day. Well, that plus many thousand times more and million times more, his passion is burning for you right now. Glory to God. And he is a consuming fire. And all he's looking for us to do is just yield ourselves to him and begin to see ourselves like he sees us and see people the way he sees them. Amen. And that consuming fire will begin to consume you once again. It's a call to restoration of all things. There's a call to restoration of all things. Man, I don't, I don't know why this is burning so, so bright in my heart tonight, but I'm just saying, wherever you think that you are, If it's anywhere but right at the right hand. If it's anywhere but right at the right hand of the Father. Man, get your perspective right. Get your perspective right. Man, God is looking for us to take the brakes off. And the brakes, glory to God, are just, it's just this. It's just the flesh. I'm not going to sit here and tell you tonight that it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to, to live passionate for Jesus. It's not easy on the flesh, but it's simple as can be. Man, I, I am more on fire today than I've ever been in my life. And the only reason that's so is because I determine I will always be more fire on fire today than I was yesterday. There's no magic uh, 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 scenario or there's no special anointing to be on fire for God. There's no special grace to, to, to look like Jesus. There's no special grace to, to, to be passionate for him. But, but there is a special grace. It's just for everybody. 
Anybody can tap into it. Anybody can be a part of it. Anybody can be wrapped up in him where they only see what he sees. The Bible says Jesus uh, uh, said that, that I only say what my father says and I only, I only do what my father does. Glory to God. That's not a pipe dream for, for some other day. That is, the, that is the, the example that Jesus left for us. Glory to God. That we could end a day and say, thank you, Father. That I, as far as I knew, as far as I could see, I only said what you said today. I only did as you did today. And everything you said to me, I accomplished that. Now, that doesn't mean there's not more light the next day. But as far as you knew, you walked out as much as God asked you to do. Glory to God. And then the next morning, you begin to thank him. God, I thank you that I walked in your truth last yesterday. I walked in the light yesterday. And I experienced your love. And I loved somebody else. But today is a different day. And I wake up again with new mercies and new passion and new goodness and new love to reach somebody else. This is the king's perspective. And if we live 80, 80, 90 years on this earth, it's just a drop in the bucket. It's just a, the Bible calls that just a vapor that's here today and gone. Do you look at the the vapor on on top of a boiling water and think of that as something uh, of of substance, something that you want to hold on to and, and, and treasure? You know, I looked out this morning in the cool air, you know, it was in the 30s. And on top of the pool, there was all this vapor rolling off of the pool. And I didn't go out there and say, oh, my goodness, I need to capture this. I need to hold up. This is something dear I need to hold on to. The Bible compares our life to just nothing but a vapor. That doesn't, that doesn't diminish the blessing that our life is. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm trying to bring some perspective to how, how, uh, how much we hold dear the, our time. How much we hold dear our day. How much we hold dear our finances. How much we hold dear our, 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 our family time. How much we hold dear all these things that God has meant for a blessing and have meant to be a blessing to us. But if we're holding them dear, glory to God, then they, they're not in the place that they ought to be. And so the things that God meant for a blessing actually become a distraction and keep us from fulfilling the plan that he's called us to fulfill. And, the, and then it makes us ineffective because our perspective of those things is wrong you see what I'm saying God is looking for us to begin to have the perspective that the, that the Lord Jesus died to give us man he recreated us this wasn't this wasn't a a, a, a project where he was he was restoring us like an old an old 57 Chevy or something where he's scraping off the paint and and sandblasting the undercarriage amen and 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 retooling the engine no god had a chance to recreate you in the in the image and the likeness that you were created for in the first place and when he recreated you man he did it well he made you just like him Hallelujah. You're made to have passion. You're made to have power. You're made to have victory. You're made to, the love of God has been shed abroad on the inside of us. The Bible says that it has been shed abroad. That means it covers every single part of us. Amen. So whether you're feeling love tonight by him, amen, it doesn't matter. Begin to take authority over your feelings and, and begin to declare the truth about what God says about you and say, I am loved. His love has been shed abroad on the inside of me. Glory to God. And if it's been shed abroad, on the inside of me then I can't help but then give it to somebody else we're talking about the king's perspective hallelujah 
Turn over to um, Genesis for me. Is this all right tonight? Did I say what chapter? Uh, Go to Genesis chapter uh, 39. We're going to talk about Joseph for just a minute here. You know, I love the story of Joseph because whether he was in the pit or the penthouse, he was the same man. I said whether he was in the pit or the penthouse, he was the same man. So... he, there, he's just a great example for me to, to look like what it looks like to have the perspective of somebody who, who's living out of what's on the inside of them instead of living what's coming from the outside of them. Well, we've got to live from what's on the inside and quit trying to live for, for what's coming from the outside. And this day, I believe it's more important than it's ever been to, to, to quit trying to live based on whether, whether things are good, bad, or whatever in between. But then but begin to live from what's on the inside because that's where you begin to reign. And if you'll begin to reign from what's on the inside and reign this and reign this, then your reigning will spread from you to the, to the other areas of your life. Amen. And so many times we, we try to see from the outside and what's going on on the outside to, to let us know whether we're reigning or not. I said we look to the outside circumstances to let us know whether we're reigning or not. We don't look to the outside. We don't look to what's going on. We look to what this word says right here, glory to God, and, de- and declare what it says and begin to see whether we're reigning or not based on what the word says. And if the word says we reign, if, if Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 says we're seated in heavenly places with him, glory to God, then that becomes our reality. And when it becomes a reality in here, glory to God, it will become a reality out here. Amen. What if the church began to believe we actually had authority? What if the church actually began to uh, to believe that we had authority in our nation? What if the church began to believe that we actually had the influence God says we have? What if? It would be awesome. Amen. So uh, in in chapter 39, uh, so Joseph, just to catch you up, Joseph has been... uh, Betrayed by his brothers, he, he spoke a dream. He had this dream, he had a couple dreams actually, and he, and he spoke the dream to his brothers, and it, it made him mad because it basically said they're going to bow down to him at some point. And then he has another dream, and he, and he, and he tells it to his, his father and, and his mother, and, and his father and mother are like, what do you mean we're going to bow down to you? And, and so God gives this dream, dream to, uh, to Joseph, and, and you know, I believe God knew Joseph and, and knew his frame and, and knew that Joseph would probably run his mouth about it. Amen. But how many you know that even when we make a mistake with the things God gives us, God has a way out for us. Amen. And so uh, we're over in uh, verse 39. Joseph is a slave and he's been sold over to, uh, um, let's just pick up here in verse 1. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him uh, from the, the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Amen. And he was a successful man. 
And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to be a success or to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight, in the sight, in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of the house and that he had, and, and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Whose house did he bless? He blessed the Egyptian's house for whose sake? I wonder if we believed we actually had the influence God says we have. So he blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was, was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And thus, this is just crazy to me, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had, had uh, except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was, and then it goes on to, to talk about how handsome Joseph was. Uh, that's why I think me and Joseph had a, have a lot in common. Uh, but... Here, here you have, have, have Joseph, and, you know, God, God needs somebody who will build a dream in their heart before he can make it a reality on the outside. God spoke this, gave this dream to Joseph, and, and, and Joseph, I believe, began to, began to believe, this, believe what God had said to him and began to make it a reality on the inside of him so much that, that, that even when he was a slave, glory to God, he began, look at the way he did things here. The Lord was with him. So he, had, he hadn't abandoned what God had said to him just because his situation looked different. He hadn't abandoned what God had, had given, the dream he had given. God needs somebody to hold on to what he said to you, even when it looks like it's not working out that way, so that he, you can have it secure and built in on the inside of you, glory to God, so that, so that when the time is right, he can take that and make it a reality on the outside. God's looking for somebody who will lay hold of the things that he said. Glory to God. Whether it, whether it was in a dream or whether it's been in a vision or maybe he spoke a word to you or even, or even uh, uh, anything that you pick up and read out of this wonderful word of God. He needs somebody who will take that which he has said to you and let it become a reality on the inside. Glory to God. So that he, through you, can make it a reality on the outside. Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change. So, so it says that it was obvious that, that God was with, was with Joseph. And he made everything he did to be a success. And it says Joseph found favor in his sight. And what? What does that next, that next part of that sentence say? And served him. Joseph served him. And then he made him overseer of his house. Notice that. God was with him. God was with him, and then he served him. You have to have a servant's heart before God can make you to, uh, to have the influence that you're supposed to have. I'm saying, I'm, ta I'm still talking about the king's perspective. See, God doesn't see things the way we see it. We, we think, well, well God, God gave jo uh, Joseph that dream. Man, he should have woke up the next day in the king's palace, ruler over everything. But see, God knows our frame, and he knows the things that, 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 that we're strong in, and he knows the areas we're weak in. And, and, so, and so the enemy, he comes and, and tries to test, what does Joseph really believe this dream or not? Does he really believe what God has said about him or not? Does he really believe these things are, are so? And so it says, it says Joseph. Joseph, he was a slave. Man, that's not a good deal. 
He's a slave. God gave him a dream, and the very next things that happen is he becomes a slave. And then he, he's, he what? He then serves. God was with him, but he, did, he, didn't, he didn't get built up in himself. He didn't try to take authority where authority wasn't given. He just began to have a servant's heart and began to serve in that place. And, that glo- and the thing that, that, that's awesome is then he was made an overseer. Then he was made some, with somebody who had influence and authority. And so, you know, thank, thank God we don't, we don't get tested like Joseph all the time. But, but the, the enemy wanted to see what Joseph was made of. It says, uh, it says then uh, in verse uh, 8, we'll pick up here. It says, uh, so let me, if, are you, is anyone taking notes? The, uh, the first way to reign is in insight. We have to, we have to reign in what we see. And what we're aware of. So that was the first one. I'm kind of hopping all over the place. The, the, second, the second number two is in influence. We have to reign in our influence. It says, uh, it says in here it says, um, and it, Joseph was handsome in form and in appearance. And you know the story. Potiphar's wife had eyes for him. And, 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 she, and he was doing the right thing. He's like, nope, absolutely not. My master's made me overseer. He's given me this influence. And he still had the servant's heart to serve his master. He still was, was, still was honoring his master. He still was honoring the one that God had put, put him uh, uh, there to serve. He still was honoring that place and, and, and still had a heart to, to be as God, in, in the, to, be, to be what God had called him to be. And yet, yet you know, the enemy, wants to, the enemy always wants to get you off course. He, I like what Lois Toucher says. He can't plan your destruction, but he is planning your distraction. I'll say that again. He can't plan your destruction, but he is planning your distraction. Well, Joseph wasn't even getting distracted with this. Now, you know, I don't know the whole story, and, and it's not in there. So, so we don't know, like, should Joseph have been in the house or not? But, but he was a ruler of the house. So, I mean, it only stands to reason he was where he was supposed to be. And so, so this girl, she plays a trick on him, and, and, and he leaves his cloak. Probably not a smart move, guys, you know. Uh, and, and so he leaves his cloak. And, and so she plays a trick on, on her husband and says, he, he came after me. And she yells, and the guards come. And, and, and the, the master, I believe the master believed better than, than what his wife was saying. But probably because of the pressure had to had to to throw throw Joseph in prison but it's interesting the the penalty in that day for for what Joseph was being accused of was death so even in that scenario God was keeping him amen so he gets thrown into prison and and let's let's pick up over here and um uh see here so it says uh let's go in verse um 15. It said it happened when he heard uh, when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment away. Oh, no, let's go down. Sorry. Uh, then Joseph's master, this verse 20. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And there was there he was in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Amen. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was it was his doing. Man, so God, he's the, the same guy. Whether he's in the the house of the master, then you get you. 
get him over into prison. He gets thrown into prison for something he didn't even do. And yet the servant's heart began to make way for him again because he had a, had a king's perspective. See, God's looking for those of us who have been made kings on the inside to begin to see ourselves as kings, not as kings the way the world sees them, but see ourselves as kings the way the kingdom of God sees it. And then begin to enact that those things which are on the inside because then it doesn't matter whether you're you're in a pit or whether you've been put in jail or you're in the master's house the same things begin to make you reign wherever you're at in life glory to God so it doesn't matter if you're in a season that it seems like you're in a jail season or it seems like you're in some sort of wilderness season glory to God it doesn't matter the outside Paul said it doesn't matter whether I have plenty or whether I have nothing I've learned glory to God that my satisfaction isn't in what I have or do not have my satisfaction is in him and Joseph was the same way he wasn't worried about what the outside situation looked like he began to do what he knew to do he kept his perspective right and so the same things that made him reign in the house of the master began to make him reign in the prison. Glory to God. And he wasn't trying to stay in the prison. He wasn't camping out in the prison and believing God to keep him there. But while he was there, he didn't begin to get distracted and see things wrong and begin to see himself as a prisoner. Man, you're not a prisoner. You're not a prisoner to no matter, no matter what the thing that's trying to hold you captive. You're not a prisoner. Begin to see yourself right. Amen. And so the same things that made him reign in the master's house began to make him reign in the prison. And then God, of course, opened up the doors to get him out of there. And then so these guys, the baker and the, and the, uh, the uh, baker and the butler, sounds like uh, we're playing a game of Clue here. Uh, the baker in, in, the, in the library with the, the lead pipe. Um, these guys had a dream and... And Joseph's there to interpret the dream. And he said, you know, remember me when you go back in front of Pharaoh. Of course they didn't. That's why your trust can't be in people. Right? They didn't remember him. But God gave Pharaoh a dream. And then the guy was like, you know what? There was this guy back in prison who interpreted my dream. Let me go, let me go get him. And so here Joseph is. He's, he's, been, in, he's been in a pit. He's been in the master's house. He's been accused of wrongdoing and, and thrown back into a, to a prison situation. Man, look at, look at the ups and downs of what in the natural looked like. But yet he was reigning through it all. So then he's back, he's, he, he, he's back in the prison, but he gets called up in front of Pharaoh. And this is, this is just so awesome to me. It says, so that uh, um, Joseph told, told the Pharaoh uh, all the dream, and, 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 and Pharaoh saw that it was good. So verse 37, let's pick up there. It says, so the advice was good in the eyes of the Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this man whom the, who is in, who, in whom this is the Spirit of God? Amen. Man, the, when the Pharaoh is beginning to testify about who you are, glory to God, you know you've been reigning. You know you've been seeing things in the right perspective. When God's brought you in front of people of influence and they are testifying of who you are glory to God you know you've been seeing yourself right 
from the, pen, uh, from the pit to the penthouse. Amen. And it says, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring. Come on, this, this, is, this is what happened to us. Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in the garments of fine linen. And he put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name uh, something there that, that I won't pronounce. And he gave him as a wife. Da, da, da. He basically set him up as a complete ruler under himself. Does that sound familiar? Man, the Father has set us up as his right hand man, set us up like Jesus. He's put us in a place of authority, he's put us in a place of influence. There's influence that you have, glory to God, that we need to begin to tap into when we walk on the job. Amen. We're not just walking there as, as a, 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 an employee, we're walking there, amen, with a servant's heart. See, see, God needs a servant's heart so he can give you a king's influence. I said he needs a servant's heart so he can give you a king's influence. And so he, he puts you on mission, glory to God, wherever your workplace is, or wherever your, your, you grocery shop, or wherever you go, glory to God, to walk into that place as somebody who's ready to have a life laid down, ready to serve, ready to love, ready to give glory to God so that then he can begin to, to have people open their eyes and recognize God's with this person. God, everything they ha- their hand touches prospers. I don't even know what's going on, but anything they're involved in just helps me out. You begin to, to bless your boss's business because, because you're there. People, customers, customers begin to come in because they want to see you, because you share so much love with them, and you're such, a, such one of wisdom and understanding. What if we began to believe we had the influence God says we have? What if when we walked, when we walked into, in, in, into our places of business, we began to say, Jesus, this is your place. This is your place, Lord. I'm here on your, on, on your assignment. And I thank you that you're here. And when, when I'm here, peace reigns. When I'm here, grace reigns. When I'm here, freedom reigns. When I'm here, Lord, you give me, you give me understanding, not only just in the natural to do my job better and to be a blessing to, uh, to, the, to those that I'm under and to serve them. Man, the Bible says everything we do, we're to do it unto the Lord. Everything we do. So whether you're changing a light bulb at, at, the, at the workplace or going grocery shopping, man, what if we went around doing that as unto Jesus? Like really, like actually thought about it. Man, Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to, to, to step my game up at work. 
Man, I'm doing this unto you for your glory. And I thank you, Lord, that when I, whenever I serve here, glory to God, you give me a place before, before my bosses. You give me a place of influence with, my, with the employees that I'm, that I'm with. You give me a place of influence, not just for my own gain, not just so I can, I can get a raise. Thank God that will come. Glory to God. I guarantee you begin to serve your, your business the way that Jesus would. I guarantee you the raises will come. But what if you went in there with a mindset that you're wanting to be Jesus to the people that you're called to glory to God I guarantee you amen all these things would be added unto you man God is looking to put us on assignment everywhere we are we don't you don't have to 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 go in this day of restoration and revival you don't have to go out and be a street preacher amen if God puts that on your heart go for it but you don't have to be a street preacher. You don't have to go and start some sort of ministry. Glory to God. God has placed you in a ministry called the ministry of reconciliation. And it is the largest ministry on the planet. Glory to God. And it is the most powerful force of God. Jesus said, I will build my church. Glory to God. And you've been set on assignment to build the church of God everywhere you go. Amen. He's put you as a king to rule and to reign everywhere you step your foot. And just, just like he said to the children of Israel... Everywhere you place your foot, I will give you glory to God. Well, if he said that to them, we're under a better covenant. And we've been made to reign and to be raised together with him. Glory to God. So then everywhere we go, that's where that's where the Lord God is able to go. And he's able to take every bit of ground that we take. Glory to God. And we no longer look at us just trying to get by and get through the day. But we're there on a mission from God. Man, we, you start reigning here and here. You start raining here and here, man, it'll start, you'll start raining everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Man, God's, God's got big plans for us, church. He's restoring all things, all things. And, I, and this is obviously not an exhaustive list or, or an exhaustive way that he wants us to reign, but, but it's just an area where God has been stirring me to, to, to let go of things Things that I see that 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 are 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 try, are for my good and for my purpose. Not not that we don't we don't believe God for things. You understand what I'm saying? But but to go after His heart, to go after His His way, to see things the way He sees it. And and if it and if it requires me being inconvenienced, by all means, Lord, in, inconvenience me for Your kingdom. And I don't want, I don't want the end of my life. To, to come and 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 all I can say is you know well I, I had a nice house and I had a good a good job and, a, and 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 I had two cars and and a and a white picket fence and 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 I had the American dream and the American dream is great but it doesn't it doesn't amount to anything in the kingdom of God it doesn't mean a, a hill of beans whenever you're standing before the Savior who gave his life for you who laid everything down and said will you just please share everything that I gave you freely you've received so please just freely give while you, while you're there on the earth representing me man you're not going to care one moment I guarantee you at the end of your life you're not going to say I wish I would have had a nicer car I wish I would have had a bigger house I wish I would have uh, uh, had more money in the bank I wish I would have you're not going to care about those things because those things aren't what hold weight those things aren't what matter those aren't the things you can carry to you to the other side glory to God but one thing you're going to you're going to want to do is say I wish I would have spoken to more people I wish I would have prayed for more. I wish I would have interceded a little bit longer. I wish I would have cried out on, on the behalf of those people at my workplace. I wish I would have given my life to, to, to reach those people that the Father put me in front of. 
Those are the things that are going to hold weight. Those are the things that, that's what you're made for. It's what we're made for. Father, we thank you tonight. I thank you that just even tonight, I've just endeavored to share what you put on my heart, Father God. I thank you that you are restoring all things. We are in the day of restoration. We are in the time of salvation. We are, Father God. And Father, we don't even, we don't even need a special feeling or special anointing to know, Father God, that this is our time. This is our day. Father, we go by what your word says. And your word says that this is the day of salvation, Father. Not just for us who have received, but for every single person that we come in contact with. Father, we just set our hearts. Father, I repent even right now just for areas where I've not represented you well. Father, you're everything to me. You're everything to me. And I want your will to be done in my life. More than anything else, more than anything that this world has to offer. I want you. I want you, Lord. It's the cry of my heart. It's the cry of my heart, Jesus, for you to be represented well in my life. Oh, I just give everything afresh to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. We're your body. We're your church. We dedicate ourselves to you. We dedicate our hearts to you, our souls, our body, our strength. It's all yours. Oh, give us eyes to see. Help us to see what you're asking us to see, Lord. In this day that we may be restored in the areas that you're calling us to, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.